Blog Talk Radio. Good Saturday morning at the day after Black Friday kicked off, and I heard that the, some of the stores did phenomenally well, record-setting well, so that's a good thing for the economy. Uh, just make sure you're being smart about your purchases so that a couple of weeks or months later you're not sitting there regretting you spent all that money. So just be smart, but it's good to see that people are, uh, their confidence is up and they they hit no stores. I didn't go out on Black Friday. My sister and I went out and she said she'd probably never do it again, but <laughs> so crowded. I want to welcome everybody to Blog Talk Radio's Off the Shelf for this Saturday, the Saturday after Thanksgiving, again, the Saturday after Black Friday, and today is also Small Business Saturday, so go out and support a small business while you're out there if you get out, you know, and, and, and do things for the holidays. And I want to thank you again for joining us here this morning, as I always tell you, and I mean this. It is such a joy to have you here. I I, I wish that I could, if I was in a live audience, I could see everybody and, and, and come out and, and, and speak to everybody. I love, I love, I love our listeners here at Off the Shelf, and I want to thank you again for being here, especially to our loyal listeners who have been with us for going on nine years Thank you, thank you, thank you. For those who is your first time maybe tuning in, you, as I always say, you might have been looking for something to do and you just happened to stop over at Off the Shelf Radio. I want to introduce myself. I'm your host, Denise Turney, coming to you live from the city of brotherly love, Philadelphia, Pennsylvania. And again, I thank you for your support and I encourage you this holiday season and after this holiday season to pick up a copy of the new book, Love pour over me. You're going to get mystery and romance and some high-paced scenes in the book. And you might just look at relationships differently after you read Love pour over me. Again, I encourage you to pick up a copy. You can get a copy in ebook or in print format at booksellers anywhere, Barnes & Noble, Amazon.com, Walmart, etc., Online or offline, if you don't see it on the bookshelves, just ask the clerk for it, and they can order a copy because it's carried by the largest book distributors in the world. Again, it's Love Pour Over Me. So please go get a copy so you can start enjoying that story immediately. And now let us go and meet our very special off-the-shelf guest. Our guest today is Diani. I love her name. Diani, and I hope I do the last name right, Diani Cespedes. And Diani is the she she is a writer at Envy Magazine. We were talking before the show went live, and that's a magazine I just learned about when I was researching for the for her feature interview. And it's a cool magazine. Again, it's Envy Magazine. We'll talk about that a little bit here on Off the Shelf. So for those of you who may not have heard of it, you can know where to go to find out about it and learn more about it. Uh, Diani is also a physical fitness coach, a financial consultant, and she is also the author of the book, Make Your Dreams Happen. Make Your Dreams Happen, Five Steps to Turn Your Dreams into Realities. We're definitely going to talk about that one because with the new year coming up, people are going to start setting their New Year's resolutions. They're going to be committed to finally doing what they wanted to do maybe for years and maybe perhaps Diani will say something that can help you actually realize that in 2013. And and, and so we're going to welcome now, welcome to Off the Shelf, Diani. Hello, how are you all? I, I, we, I'm, I'm absolutely blessed, and I'm sure our many listeners are as well. I want I want to start off uh, talking about Envy Magazine, and then we're definitely going to uh, go deeply into your book because that's something this time of the year that people, are, their minds, their consciousness is definitely moving toward the topic of what your book is about. But what is your role at? Envy Magazine, and for our off-the-shelf listeners, I want to give you the URL to Envy Magazine. It's www.nvn, as in Nancy, V as in Victory, magazine.com. Uh, what, what is your role at the magazine, Diana? Well, actually, I am one of uh, a few featured bloggers uh, at, at that magazine. I also blog for Ops Place, O-P-P-S. P-L-A-C-E dot com, and I'm at Ops Place every week on Mondays. And um, Ops Place is Bob Johnson's uh, latest uh, organization that matches qualified people of color with uh, with opportunities 
at corporations and also businesses, uh, women and minority-owned businesses with opportunities at large corporations. So that's where well, we see me at every, every uh, Monday. And Envy Magazine is a is a great magazine for uh, young professionals, and it, they give uh, they give advice about how to manage your life, your career, uh, relationships, etc. So it's a, it really is a, a, a great magazine. But the place where you can reach, where you can see my writing every week is opsplace.com. Now that's Bob Johnson, the, the co- one of the co-founders for BET, is that correct? For BET, yes. He's the founder oh, okay. of BET. I know he still and, has other business. He's in real estate and hotels and et cetera now. That he's no longer with the Bobcats. Or, or doing BET, but how did you, for, for our listeners who might be book authors and they want to get more exposure, and I know you can create your own blog, but if there's an established blog that already has hundreds of thousands of readers, that's a good way if you get a blog there to start uh, or get, getting more uh, um, to expand your audience. For those who might be interested in doing what you have done, not only have you done it at MV Magazine, but you also appear every Monday at Ops Place, O-P-P-S, place.com. How did you land your blog at these two sites? Well, it, uh, NV dot, um, at Envy Magazine, I probably sent them a note. I I met Kyle Donovan, who is the founder of Envy Magazine, and I'm sure I spoke to him, it was a while back, about my desire to do some blogging for his magazine. And opsplace.com found me. I had wow. been, yeah. So I had been doing workshops and presentations uh, because of uh, my company, which is Soul Strivers, S O L E S T R I V E R S dot com. And okay. what we do is is financial fitness and wealth literacy. So they found something that I had written. They had seen me at an event or two and reached out and said we would like you to be uh, one of our uh, national experts. So I'm now wow. one of their one of their five. Wow, impressive. Congratulations. Well, wow, you. that's wonderful when somebody comes out to you. But either way, you know, for our, for our listeners, I'm glad you have two 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 approaches that happened for you. One you had you went out and you asked and the other someone asked you. Either way, generally somebody's asking <laughs> before something happens. So that's that's a wonderful thing. I'm glad you have both. So people who are nervous about asking, there are benefits in asking. And then you know there are times you get out there, you got out there. You know you should do doing workshops, et cetera. And that's how Ops Place found you and then asked you if you would talk to them. That is that is really fabulous. How 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 do you think? Just talk before we get into your book. How do you think blogs? help to advance digital magazines. We have all types of listeners here at Off the Shelf. Some own their own magazines, some their own small businesses. Many are authors or in the book industry. For somebody who wants to either expand, and as a freelance writer myself, I can tell you the numbers of companies that are hiring writers to write content for them is, I don't even know if you could count them, is so many. But how do you think a blog helps to advance an online magazine is something that has a digital format. Well, well, the the bottom line is that you can't reach everybody with a paper magazine. So, but you can reach everybody online because usually, especially if you have your content available for free, then it's very easy for someone to click from Australia and find out about what you are what what you are uh, proposing writing about etc so it, it it does a great deal not only for a magazine to bring more uh, attention to a magazine but it also does a lot to bring attention to you as an individual or your business since i started writing uh, for ops place much more regularly <laughs> um i've noticed that people find me from all over the United States, and, wow. and I've also had some interest from abroad. And that was not happening before. I was just a, not even a regional player. I was really just a very a local player. But once I started to blog at a site where they have some, some viewership, 
then people have been finding me for for all types of uh, opportunities. Wow, you know what? And I, I I'm I'm so glad you said that. I I I'm a person who really is a a a, a, propon- a proponent for uh, blogs and blogging, particularly at your own business site. You know, you can put them on on other sites that rank high in Google rank, and, and get your own website rank up if you add links to your blog articles. But blogging pulls in traffic. I'm going to tell you, for all the things I've done, I've done a lot of things over the. Uh, I think it's been like 14 years now since I published my first book. Blogging really pulls in a lot of website traffic. If you, but you have to do it consistently and regularly, and it has to be good content. You would be surprised in just a couple of months how many people you could you could um, just introduce your website, your business, your work to if you get a blog. Um, I want to talk about one blog you wrote, and it's titled "Whole." It's titled don't find time, make time. Now, that sounds so easy. And a lot of people, we I heard this once, if you want somebody to do something, ask a busy person. Because busy people with hectic schedules can always find a way to fit one more thing in on their list of stuff to do. But how can people who, they've got a full-time job, they might even be working a full and a part-time job. They might be active in the community or the worship center. They have a family. They would like to also have a social life. How can busy adults, I guess that title just jumped out at me, how can busy adults make time when well, we have so it, many it, responsibilities? Well, the first thing you've got, you've got to recognize is that you, you're already using all 24 hours of your day doing something that either benefits you or it benefits somebody else. So... It, and that's even when you're sleeping. When you're sleeping, it benefits you, right? So what you have to do is look. You start by looking at where you're spending your time and who it benefits and how what you're doing links to what you want ultimately. And then the next step is you're going to have to make some uh, changes and some substitutions. So for the example that you uh, gave me, that's an example I see a lot, especially uh, with people who are – uh, very involved in in the church, and then they yes, got kids, yes. and they they got they yeah, got businesses, yeah. and they've got uh, mm-hmm. then they've got the side the side business, and then they've got their regular job all yeah. at the same time. Yeah, and it does. It, so so what I usually end up doing is looking at their time and and blocking it off. So for example, the time that you spend at the church, how can you spend? How can you make that time the most effective for your end goal. So if your if your goal for the time you spend at the church is to help to strengthen the church, um to to help uh, or if it's to to fellowship with others, you 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 have two or three main goals when it mm-hmm. comes to your time at the church. So look at your time and make sure that you're that that you are doing it in the most effective way. So, if you spend let's say, six hours at, at choir rehearsal, and then you spend a couple of hours uh, at you know, helping the church fix their computer systems and then another couple of hours doing, doing something else, then ask yourself where you have the most impact and maybe what you might decide is you might decide to not to be a part of the choir because that takes six hours, but mm-hmm. to increase the time that you spend helping the church with its computer systems. So okay. before you used to spend three hours there, and now you spend four hours there. But for the week, you went from spending 10 hours related to church-related activities. From, from 10 hours, you went to four hours, and uh, you are okay. more effective in, in helping to build the church because that one extra hour helped them to um, bring someone to train to, to do whatever it is that you were helping them do with the computer uh, systems, whereas that six hours that you spent uh, at choir rehearsal, yes, you're adding another voice to the choir, but it's not um, – you, you could easily be replaced in that in that situation. Okay. So, be, so you be, go ahead. Go on. No, so, so you know, the bottom line is just you look at everything that you are doing and ask yourself why you're doing it, 
and then mm. what how you can substitute how you can do it in a in a way that takes less time and still gets the same uh still reaches the same goal and then the other thing and this is really it's hard for people to do but it's really key take the things off of your list that don't benefit you or someone who who you love and are responsible for learn to say no yeah yeah and that that one i think that that comes with time um I, I do think that comes with time a lot of it goes like most things go back to our own childhoods where you're allowed to say no as a kid and if not you might have some difficulty with that but when you start to feel the pressure and we don't like to feel the uncomfortable and discomfort but that is such a great teacher i'm learning when you start to feel that discomfort and it gets tight enough you'll make a change trust me <laughs> that's when you'll make a change when it when the discomfort is is a, a wonderful first step into a, a marvelous new new way of living generally we get extremely uncomfortable before we make a, a, a major change that i think that's what almost everybody the the discomfort i don't i don't think it's a, a, a necessary thing but it often comes first and then we say you know and i'm not gonna do this anymore and then we make a change but the fact that we, i like the way you said and somebody said this that I interviewed before, get clear. You need clarity. Get clear about what it is you want. Make a decision. Get clear, decide, and then you can start to work with your time better. Talking about writing, because I definitely want to get into this book that you wrote. Was there an event in your life, Diani, that made you realize you were a writer? And if so, could you share that event with us? I have been a writer since I was uh, three, four when I learned wow. when I first learned to to hold a pencil, and to this day, I learned to write to hold a, to uh, write before I started school. So to this day, I I hold a pencil um, in an odd way. I don't hold it in the in the regular way because I learned so early. However, I didn't give myself credit for being a writer until. Very recently, I would say two, three years ago. Wow. Yeah, and and I I don't know why that is. I mean, I've I've been through years of schooling. I've written for many reports, and but I had never written a book. And it was, uh, it, it was um, sort of, I wanted to write one, but I thought it was something that other people did, not ah. something that 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 I could do, um, and. The, it's it's funny because the dream process that I wrote about is a very similar to the process that brought me from the idea of a book to the reality of a book. Wow! Oh my God! So you you have your own story even as you 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 researched and wrote the book that you could lean on. I, I, I want to ask you this. I also write for a magazine and I I interview. Uh, CEOs and people who own successful businesses, and I find, I got to tell you, after doing it for uh, probably over five months, I've noticed that they all say similar things when I ask them about challenges and when I ask them about what kept them moving forward during a challenge and some of the keys to success. These people, are in, their businesses are in all different industries, real estate, finance, construction, medicine, education, you name it. They're all over the gamut. They all say similar things when I ask them these questions. Based on your interviews and research that you've done, uh, whether you're interviewing somebody for a magazine you're writing for or another uh, a periodical you're writing, your interviews and research work with small business owners and leaders what do you think, Diani, are the top five qualities or traits that that successful business owners embody? What would you say, for, based on your experience, what you keep hearing over and over that they are? Number one, perseverance. Yes. <laughs> Number two, the ability to uh, to listen critically. Can what you describe I mean that? By that. Yes. Oh, okay. What what I mean by that is when whenever you're you're building a business, building a business is nothing nothing more at the beginning, nothing more than than an experiment. So you need to go out and find out how to how to reach your goals. You need to find out 
who your audience is and what they want and how you can best service them. And you do that through surveying them, through offering them stuff and seeing if they buy it. So you're so so you need to learn to listen to the feedback that you're getting from your from your clients, from people who have done it before, um, maybe from one or two people who have failed. But the it's not just about listening and taking everything that you hear at face value and implementing it. It's about being able to discern the difference between information that's going to bring you closer to your goal and information that's not just that's not information at all. It's just it's just a noise. So and also understanding who to ask for information. Part of what I do is goal attainment. I do one-to-one coaching on goal attainment, and I focus on execution. And when people get stuck, usually it's because they get stuck um, listening to people who are non-experts. They listen to people who have never done what their the goal that they've never achieved the goal they are pursuing. So they hear lots of "You can't do this. This is impossible," and they start to. The, the, my clients can sometimes listen to that and start to internalize it instead of going to find someone who has done what they need, what, what, what they are aspiring to do. So listening critically, if, you, if they were listening critically, they would say, who is the speaker? What are they telling me? From, and what is their motivation? And what is their experience? So if the speaker is speaking to me from the fear in his or her own heart, and the disappointment of of past failures, then I need to listen to that in a different way than I'm listening to an expert who has done this 12 times and is telling me, ah, maybe the way you're trying it isn't going to work. Try another way. Ah, yes. So that's you know so. Go on. I'm sorry. No, go ahead. Okay, so that's that's listening critically. So we said perseverance. We said listening critically. The other thing is the ability to build a team. Nothing you do, uh, aside from certain personal hygiene uh, things that you do, you should be doing by yourself. So your ability to speak about your goal with some excitement and okay. build a team around you uh, is is critical and key across the board. Um, the fourth thing I would say would be um, organization or the ability to bring people near you who are organized. Okay. Um, because, as I mentioned, building a business is a, a lot of trial and error all the way through. Even once your business is huge, you know, businesses have huge research and development um, portions within them. So you need to be keeping track of what you're doing, what works and what doesn't. Uh, and, of course, on the financial side, you need to be keeping track of, of your cash flow and, and, yes, and all of those yes. things. So yep. organization, mm-hmm. and then if I had to pick a fifth one, um, I would say the we talked about perseverance, but the uh, the other the, another part of that is the ability to or forgive yourself and take a break when necessary. So the ability to take care of your own wealth, well-being, your your ah. health, your happiness. Um, this is entrepreneurship is a, an exciting journey, but it, it also has it's got the hills and it's got the valleys. And when yes. you are in the valleys, the ability to pull away from your business for for even just for an hour, the ability yeah. to pull away and and have a conversation with a friend of yours who knows nothing about your business. Uh, or a kid, or something, just to pull away and take care of yourself for that one hour. That that is that's crucial and important. And there's another business owner. She actually works with professional athletes and 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 small and large businesses that I interviewed before a magazine. And she said the same thing. She said she's that's something she was struggling with. Actually, you got to have a social life. You have to take care. Of yourself, and she said that's something she's seen people, whether they're celebrities, she, she's worked with some big name folks. She said you you have to take time to take care of yourself. That is so important because you can run yourself through the ground. You you could you could be working twenty hours a day before you know it. There's always something to do, so you <laughs> have to take some time 
to step away and just recharge. Wonderful list, perseverance, ability to listen critically, build a team, organization, and take care of yourself. I think I think the one ability to listen critically myself that I've learned, when you think about marketing and promoting on myself, sometimes I think if I just get my product out in front of people enough, then that'll do the trick. But sometimes you have to listen to that feedback that people are giving you. And I think that's very, very important in business. Those are wonderful uh, five steps. Again, for our listeners who might have been writing them down like I did, uh, perseverance, ability to listen critically, build a team, organization, and taking care of yourself. I want to now talk about your book. What inspired you to write Make Your Dreams Happen? And I love this part, five steps. It makes it simple. Five steps to turn your dreams into realities. What What inspired you to sit down and write that book? Well, my clients, I've been working with individuals. I, I started out as a business consultant when I was uh, still a teenager. I was about 15, and I started uh, doing marketing consulting with, with tiny businesses. Um, and then in 2003, I started working with individuals using the same type of processes that I used when I was helping small businesses. And I found myself writing the same exercises and, and, and using the same process with client after client. And finally, I just wanted to pull everything in one book so that they could have a, a nice workbook to accompany the work that, that we were doing together. And the reason I decided to share it is because, meaning share it outside of my client base, is because I got tired of reading news reports uh, about successful people that showed success sort of either as something that was really hard and mysterious, that only people with special talents could could achieve, uh, or super easy overnight. I just had this idea one day, and then the next day I made it happen, and here we've sold $5 million. So yeah. I, I was... I was very uh, I, I wasn't happy with the with the portrayal of success that I saw um and then when I read other uh, goal attainment books they were they were helpful but they were uh, long um difficult in some cases you know by by halfway through you didn't want to read anymore and I wanted something different I wanted something that would actually become the road map to your dream. So I sell the book as a binder, and I also sell it in electronic form. And the electronic form is great because you can print out a book. It's only like 112 pages or so. And you can print out a book for each one of your dreams. And it actually becomes sort of like a project plan that will take you from your thoughts about whatever it is you want to do to the reality. Uh, you you mentioned a, a point where you said some people make achieving dreams with two points, like it's just for special people, and I don't believe there are any special people. If we all created from the same source, there would have to be some division within the source itself to create one that's better than the other. So that I don't think that is the case. There are no special people. Uh, what works for one, you might it works for one might work for somebody else. You might have to do something different. But I think anybody can succeed, in anybody. Uh, 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 and then another point you, you stressed was how some people make it sound like this quick, easy thing. You know, it's, and I hear people say, do what you love and the money will come. I say, no, nah, not necessarily. You have to do more than just doing what you love. You can't just write book after book after book. That doesn't mean you're going to hit the bestseller list. You have to do other things, too. But when people make it sound so cookie-cutter, so uh, anybody can succeed, but to make it sound so cookie-cutter that there might not be some subconscious blocks that you might have to work through, some beliefs you're going to have to let go of, people make it seem like it's just poof, like waving a magic wand. A lot of people I know who become successful, they put some work in. They put some work in, and when they had to make changes, they made those changes. And I mean, they put a lot of work in. And we don't see that behind-the-scenes stuff. Will Smith did an interview, and he said that. He said, it's unfortunate. We don't see that behind-the-scenes stuff. So we just assume, oh, it should be easy. So then we go out after our dream, 
we hit these roadblocks. Like Colonel Sanders filed bankruptcy five times before Kentucky Fried Chicken took off. We see, we see the, we see the end result, and we think, oh, it's so easy. And then when it doesn't, it's not easy for us. We think, well, something's wrong with me. I'm doing this wrong. So then we quit. But it wasn't easy for the other person. You just didn't see the behind-the-scenes stuff that they did. What? What? That said, what key steps do people need to start taking? Believe it or not, we're more than halfway through with this interview. But what key steps do people need to start taking? I definitely want to talk about this to realize their dreams. Somebody's listening right now. They've tried. They thought it would be easy. It didn't happen. They hit a roadblock. Or maybe they're scared to try at all. What key steps do they need to start taking to start realizing their dreams? Well, I'm going to describe the five-step process. And then I'm going to talk a little bit about roadblocks because it's it's it happens to everybody. There's no way that that, that I won't say no way. I would say maybe one in in 3,000 things that you try will happen without a without a, a, a roadblock. But most things have roadblocks in them. So here are the five steps. I, I call them DREAM, right? DREAM stands for dream big, research, evaluate, act, and measure. Now, where people go wrong, let's, well, let's start with the, what DREAM big means. DREAM big means do some brainstorming. Write down everything you want to do without censoring yourself, without stopping and saying, oh, I can't do this, this, I don't have the money for that. No, just write it down. And then the research stage is when you go out and you look online, you look in books, you talk to experts who have done some of the things on your list, and then you go out and you date your dreams, which means going out and getting small experiences, um, doing whatever's on your list. Then, after you research and you have all this information about the things on your list, then you sit down and you evaluate and you say, now that I know all of this, what does this information mean for me? Which one of these 12 things that I said I want to do, which ones am I going to focus on? And I want to focus on one or two. Yes. Yep. Right? You better That's believe it. evaluate. <laughs> and then comes act. Put together a plan based on the research, because when you were researching, you were asking people, how did you do this thing that I want to do? So mm-hmm. you're going to go back to your research, and you're going to come up with a list of 10 things that you know you need to do to reach the one goal or the two goals that you chose in the evaluation step. And now that you have that list of 10 things, you're going to stop and you're going to find some people who are going to help you make that do those those actions. You won't move any further until you get some people to help you move forward in those actions and it doesn't have to be that anybody has to, you know, that you have to find some money for for some of these people in the beginning um and it doesn't have to be that it, you may just need to find someone who can babysit for you for an hour every mm-hmm. Tuesday so that mm-hmm. you can focus on your goal. But you need to get some help somehow because you, you there, there are very few things you can do 100% on your own. Things are just easier uh. and, and more fun when you, when you bring other people along. So that's yes. act. And now comes measure. And this is hugely important. You want to take all those, those 10 actions that you, that you uh, wrote out those 10 actions should have 10 results. So you want to make sure that those actions you took led to the result that you wanted. And if it didn't, now here's where the roadblock comes in. If it didn't, then you have to ask yourself why you evaluate. Ask yourself why. Find the help that you need to make it happen. And then act again. Do it it again. And you just spend, until you reach your goal, you just spend your time Evaluating, acting, and measuring. You know, there's um, there used to be an Everly Brothers uh, song, still is uh, called uh, "Dream, Dream, Dream, Dream." That's exactly what it is. It's 
E-A-M, E-A-M, E-A-M. It's Evaluate, Act, Measure, Evaluate, Act, Measure. Wow. Oh, my goodness. Thank you for sharing that, Diani. Measure, that is so critical because a lot of times you can do something. Like when I'm doing my freelance writing, I do. I put on a spreadsheet. I know what, what I'm spending, what's chewing up the bulk of my time. Uh, uh, and I, I mean, I don't, I don't fool around with that. It just gives me a clear picture. If I didn't have that, and I could see what projects I might get paid a lot for up front, I could get paid several hundred dollars for a project. But if it's chewing up a ton of my time, I, I, I recently went through one of my clients. I said, well, I, I get paid fairly well from this client, but I put so much time into the work that I said I really wasn't averaging per hour what I thought I was getting. So that, that, that measure, some kind of tool you can use. If you do social media, measure the results. It, it, are you reaching a broader audience when you do some type of online ad or whatever? Or really, does it not doing anything? Or, or are you reaching, you're paying for something, you're sending out newsletters, you look at your, uh, like with Constant Contact, and you see not even 2% of the people is opening your emails. You might need to work on your subject lines. You might need to work, again, the, the dream big, research, evaluate, act, measure. And I really appreciate it that you said focus on one or two things because, oh, my gosh, you have no idea how much commitment and focus it's going to take just to bring one of these streams. <laughs> I'm telling you, just one, and you're going to be putting in a lot of But the good thing is other people have already done it, so you you have a lot of people that you can check with. And, and you know what? It's important to be flexible because your, your, your initial plan might not work. You might have that go to a plan B. And, and I'll say to people to be willing to do that. Why do you think, Deani, I heard um, Les Brown speak at Merrill Lynch years ago, and he said that the one of the number one things people say they regret when they're they're getting ready to transition that they didn't they didn't do what they wanted to do. And that's sad to me. They spent eighty, ninety, seventy, sixty, however many years, fifty, forty, thirty, and they never did what they really wanted to do. They kept talking themselves out of it. I, I think that is so. Uh, he said, of all the regrets people have, that is like the number one. I came here to this earth, and I never did what I really wanted to do. Why do you think so many of us stop at daydreaming? We fantasize and see ourselves doing fabulous things. We daydream about our dreams, but we don't take the steps to act on them, to walk them out. Why do you think so many of us just stop at the fantasy level? Because we don't research. And because we don't research, it's it, 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 our lack of knowledge becomes like a it's it, it becomes a vacuum for negativity. The reason why you research is so you can find out how it can be done. If you just stop at the dreaming phase and and you start to talk yourself out of it, you, you have no way of knowing whether you can do it or you can't do it because. Chances are, if there's something you want to do that you haven't done yet, you probably don't have a lot of people in your social network uh, who have done whatever that thing is. And if you do have them, you haven't asked them. So it's, wow. it's important for you to to go out and it, I, I teach OB. It, it's um, the method I teach is called OB, meaning it's you go online to see how other people have done it. Then you look at books that have been written by experts. Then you go out and you talk to experts. Then you go out and you get experiences doing those things that you want to do. So if you want to run a restaurant, I don't care if you're a lawyer, if you want to run a restaurant, one of the ways you're going to uh, do some research is you're going to get a nighttime job or a weekend job at a restaurant Mm -hmm. where you see each station of the restaurant and talk to the owner about how he or she runs the restaurant. That's the experience part of the research. So if we go out, if we learn to date our dreams, which is what I call it, um, then we're we're getting all this information that that takes a dream from impossible to possible. That doesn't mean Mm -hmm. you have to execute on it. Mm -hmm. It just means you're getting that information that gives you the confidence to move forward if you want to. 
And the date I dream, at first I was thinking you were talking like put a date on it, like uh, November 24th. But what the, for our off-the-shelf listeners, I think Deanna is saying, like you go out on a date with a, a man or a woman, you're dating your dream. Yeah. <laughs> that's a, I like that. That's a, that's a, that's a, good, way, a good way of putting it. Now, going after a dream. Again, this is a big, is a big item. Not only now, but especially with the new year coming. But going after a dream and not getting the results, and you talked about that briefly when you said roadblocks. You you put the effort in and you didn't get the results you wanted. That can be painful, particularly if you put a lot of effort into it. Do you think this stops us from taking the necessary steps from going back, starting over? Dream big, research, evaluate, act, measure. When you when you have that one, two, three, four, five times, you're like, you know, I really tried and it just didn't work, so I, I I'm giving up. Do you think that stops a lot of us? Is that where we stop to turn our dreams into reality? Yes, but only because we spend too much time toiling for without without help. And so, so when we talk about the the evaluate act measure, it, it's important to measure in in short time frames. So you don't want to be doing something for a year and then realizing it's not working. You want to be checking after four weeks what what result should you should you get, depending on what your goal is, right? So after after twenty five percent of the time, after four weeks, what do you get? Um, after after eight weeks, what are, what are you getting? And every time you get a result that is not what you expect it to be, then it's time to, to go and talk to a mentor, someone who has done this before, and say, listen, here here's my list. This is what I've done. This is the result I got. This is the result I wanted. How have you done this? What do you see that I might be doing wrong? Do I even need to be doing this step? Sometimes mm. we're doing stuff we don't need to be doing. Mm-hmm. Wow! And we're wasting we're wasting our time, our effort, our, our energy. We're getting frustrated, and at the end of the day, we're not support. We we didn't have to be doing that to get to our goal. But you don't know that because you're too close to it. You need to speak ah. to people who have done this before, experts who have done it before, who can look at it and say. Oh, oh, come on, Denise. All right, so you tried to speak to these three magazines, uh, and none of the three are responding to you, so you've been spending all of your time uh, trying to convince these three magazines instead of looking up and realizing that there may be four magazines behind you and a couple of blogs who have a, a more natural interest in what you're trying to sell them. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But if you don't have that person who comes and can tell you that in a in an objective way, you might spend six months to a year on those yeah. three prospects and right. then get frustrated. So the key is to measure often uh, and and go and ask for help often so you don't get to that point where you just tried and you tried and you tried and you don't get it because it is frustrating. Yeah. But you know, go on. No, no, go ahead. I want you to finish it. Uh, what, the other thing, though, is that you just have to keep in mind that what you're doing is an experiment. Your life is an experiment. Everything yeah. is trial and error. Yeah. You learn to walk by trial and error. Yeah. To anything worthwhile is a trial and error. The, the, what you want to do is, uh, as, as the technology startup uh, founders usually say, is that you go out and you fail fast. So you want to try many times. And if you're going to fail, you want to fail quickly so that you can make corrections quickly. You talked ah. about uh, KFC mm-hmm. failing five times yeah, before it Yeah, made it. Mm-hmm. yeah. Ha- imagine had, had they tried to do something for eight or nine or ten years, that same thing, that same tactic for eight or nine oh, or ten oh, years instead yeah. of just admitting I'm in, I'm in trouble here financially, I'm in trouble from a business model perspective, I'm going to declare bankruptcy and try again. Right, right. You know what? Another thing before, it's oddly enough, before I, I logged on, or right after I logged on the Internet today, they had this story up on, I think it was, I don't know if it's on Huffington Post, uh, 
Andrew Carnegie, one of the wealthiest men in the world, who he started off incredibly, incredibly financially impoverished. The same for Walt Disney, Madam C.J. Walker. Uh, uh, I see her face, but her name's not coming to me. Uh, Mary Bethune, who took like $2 and something and started a college in Florida that's still standing today, Bethune-Cookman College. It, first of all, people say you got to have a ton of money. They prove that's not the case. And and but you have to, like you said, when something's not working, you gotta. The sooner you find out, rather than, and this is why I'm glad you said this. When you go to motivational speakings, if you do or you listen to them, they just keep telling you to hang in there, it'll happen. Hang in there, it'll happen. Well, when maybe not, maybe not that way. So <laughs> it's good to know, measure, see this isn't working. Overall, you can achieve success. You might even achieve success in a whole another field than what you initially start out in, and be willing to be flexible and change. I'm so glad you said that because, again, you can listen to motivational tapes and and, and sermons at church about just hanging in there, staying the course. You might have to change. You might have to be flexible and veer off and do something a little bit differently. So just being open to change, I really appreciate that you said that. What would you say, Diani? Uh, to somebody as we come down to the last 14 minutes. This show has gone by so fast. But what would you say to someone? They're, they're the Colonel Sanders. They're the uh, Walt Disney, who, I'm, who I just recently found out. Every All of his ideals that he was implementing, somebody stole all that from him. And he had to start over. What, what would you say to someone who has been going after a dream for several years, and maybe even decades, and that dream hasn't come to pass yet. But something within them keeps telling them, keep going. Well, the first thing I would say is stop. Stop. Look at what you've done and the result you've gotten. Sit down. Write down everything you've done. Write down what your goal is. Start with you what your goal was. And then write down everything that you have done to get to that goal. Then identify three or four people who have done what it is you're trying to do and either read their books or if they haven't read a book, if it's a a human being who you know, go out and talk to them with that list in front of you so that you have a a very clear, succinct way of talking about what you've done without the pain seeping in. Sometimes if we don't write things down, we, we focus on the negative parts of what we've done and we focus on the pain of not having reached the goal that we set and we focus on the shame of having spent time or money or effort or energy or all of them on the on what we're trying to do instead of looking at what you're doing and identifying some of the things that actually did work. See, it's, every goal is actually a bunch of sub-goals. Every dream is actually a bunch of sub-dreams. So... Some of the things you did within that eight years, ten years, whatever it is, some of them worked. But the the problem is that you spent a lot of time on things that didn't work. Uh. And if you have been trying for eight to ten years on something, you are definitely not the person to figure out what uh. worked and what didn't. So that's mm-hmm. why it's important to write down what you did, what you were trying to do, write down what you did, write down to the best of your of your uh, recollection, write down what your results were, then stop and go to some experts who can sit down with you and help you get from where you are to where you want to be. Uh, very, 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 very good advice. What are readers telling you about Make Your Dreams Happen? People who are reading the book, what what are they saying to you about the book? Well, they're, they're saying that it's, it's uh, helping them to, to organize themselves uh, and that it's simplifying their, their process. And some of them, and this is, this is the nice part, some of them have hired me uh, to ah, work with okay. them. 
Okay. Yeah, uh, based on the book, and that was, of course, you know, that's that's always uh, a hope when you when you write a book. But that mm-hmm. wasn't my main intention. Remember, all I wanted was a textbook uh, to accompany the work that that I do and the work that the people on my team are doing. And um, so it's it's been a great experience, and it has inspired me uh, to write the second and the third in the series. This is all okay. about wealth building. So what I wanted to do with Soul Striver, Soul Strivers is a, a financial fitness consultancy, and what we're trying to do is we're trying to help people increase their net worth, and we do that through helping people modify their behavior, their earnings habits, and their spending habits, um, helping them uh, to build businesses if that's what they want to do, and also helping them if they have a, a job working for someone else with their career strategy. So we do workshops, we do uh, one-to-one coaching, et cetera, and just to get them to whatever their goals are. And the reason I created Soul Strivers, the company, is because when I was uh, trying to build wealth the, f- the first time, I didn't, know, I didn't know what I was doing. I didn't know that I, who I needed to on my wealth team uh, by the time I was in my mid-twenties, I had uh, built um, a, a small uh, little nest egg, of, but it was, it was a six-figure nest egg, and I went and I spent it all, plus incurred debt, spent uh, credit cards. We used credit cards to pay for stuff uh, that, you know, like vacations and business expenses and mm-hmm. just a, a bunch of stuff. And, and the reason I did those things is because I didn't have in my immediate social network a group of people who had already built wealth. So that's why I created Soul Strivers, to sort of build um, a, a network, to build a source of information, um, to, to build some resources for people who might be the first in their families or the first in their social network to begin building wealth in a serious way. Okay, okay. And, and you know, I heard someone say that the people you hang around, they 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 are mirror images, although we don't like, we like to see ourselves as separate beings, uh, not as energetic or spiritual beings. We like to see ourselves as just a body separate from each other. But if you look at the people who are closest to you, they really are somewhat of a mirror of, of yourself. And uh, sometimes we don't like to see that, but as we change, our environment changes. I don't know if I've ever not seen that happen. As we change, our environment changes. Now, you, you mentioned you also teach people how to build wealth. Uh, uh, how can you give us? We, we have such a little time left, but can you give a few tips uh, for off-the-shelf listeners who are trying to build wealth in today's economy? Yes. Well, first I want to define wealth. I define wealth as health plus happiness plus cash plus income-producing assets. The first two are well-being, and they are the most important because without your health, you spend all of your time, uh, energy, and money trying to trying to to get your health back. And it's mm. the same. And and if your happiness, if if you don't have a source of happiness that has nothing to do with money then you're going to spend money trying to get happiness. Ah, wow. Wow. That's the first time I ever heard that. Yeah. You should coin that. (laughs) Well, well, I I actually did. (laughs) I I did. The the definition is mine. But I look at budgets all day long, and the main reason why people's budgets are going astray when they are making enough money is because they're spending money on things that are going to make them happy or or they think will make other people happy, whether mm-hmm. that be vacations or too many Christmas gifts or, or whatever it is. They're just spending mm-hmm. into a hole. The next is cash. Not just it's how much cash is coming in, but from various places. So your cash can be coming in from your job, but then what are you doing with that cash? You should be using that cash to to purchase income-producing assets, whether that is buying equities, meaning buying stocks, yeah. uh, buying debt, buying bonds, uh-huh. um, buying buying real estate, or investing in your own business. Your right. The cash that you get from one source is only a seed 
So you have to be thinking about how to, where you're going to place that seed so that it can grow. And, it, and it's, I, I'm glad that you mentioned the economy because it, money can be made in every economy. Oh, absolutely, absolutely. So, you know, yep. there are people. There are people who, and I'll give a, a small personal story. Back in 2009, when the markets were tanking, I was waiting for that all through 2008, and I was saving a little bit of cash. And so then, in 2009, when in March of 2009, when the when the crash actually came. I had a tiny bit of cash that I was able to put into the market. Mm-hmm. So the market was going down, the economy was going down, and here I am, I'm making a little money. Right. Yeah. So, yeah. So you have to think about, instead of thinking about uh, the negative reports that you hear on the, on the news you know, all the time, ask yourself in every situation, how can I make money from this situation? Who needs my help? Who needs my services? What can I provide? Mm-hmm. If the housing market is going bad, does that mean that people are going to be renting homes or, or renting rooms? Or what, what does that mean? Do I have something that I can provide? Mm-hmm. So, okay. And then the, the, the other piece is we talked about what wealth is. The other piece is that it, it's another phrase, which is your money's in your ATMs. So... That means your your net worth is related to the way you manage your attention, your time, your money, and your social networks. Who do you need to meet? Where can you meet them? How can you help them? And how can they help you? Wow. And yeah, you keep going back to the networks, the people in your networks. I'm hearing that uh, whether you're consciously aware of it or not, that keeps coming up. I definitely want to get this in as we come down to the last three minutes. Where can our off-the-shelf listeners get copies of your book, and you said you're working on the second and third installments, and the name of the book, title of the book is Make Your Dreams Happen, Five Steps to Turn Your Dreams into Realities, and Diani was so gracious to cover those five steps very, very briefly. You'd have to read the book to get it in detail, but dream big, research, evaluate, act, and measure. Uh, 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 where can our off-the-shelf listeners get copies of your book? Easiest place is my website, soulstrivers.com. S-O-L-E-S-T-R-I-V-E-R-S dot com. Okay. Soulstrivers dot com. Again, that's S-O-L-E-S-T-R-I-V-E-R-S dot com. The Ani says page. You can go over to our website. That's the name of our company also, by the way, Soul Strivers. Yes. So you might say, I want to get the book and I want to do do some coaching sessions with her. Or you might want to prefer to do just one of those two things. If somebody wanted to have you speak at their organization, how can they contact you? They can contact me right there at soulstrivers.com. It's Dioni, D-I-O-N-Y, at soulstrivers. S-O-L-E-S-T-R-I-B-E-R-S dot com. And please follow me on Twitter, which is Soul Strivers, and Facebook, which is Soul Strivers. Everything is S-O-L-E-S-T-R-I-B-E-R-S. Yeah, and that's unique. So something that, you know, because you normally see Soul, S-O-U-L, but that's something that, it could it could stand out uh, to people, so they could over time as they keep seeing it and keep hearing it, it's something um, that they that they will remember. Now, when do you think these next two installments will be out? You said you're working uh, on two. Yes, they're they're going to be out the first uh, the the first like March 2013. Okay. Because they are based on uh, my blogs. Please go out to optplace.com and read some of my blogs, and also uh, you can link to them from my website because in my blogs I, I write about a lot of the stuff that's going to be in the book is already in the blogs. So. Oh, okay. Very, yeah. very smart. Using use of your information, very smart. We we have had the pleasure of connecting with. I mean, in some of these shows, the hour goes by so fast. I always have. I never go through all the questions ever. Like it, the hour goes by so fast. We have had a pleasure of speaking with the Ani Sespe. She's the founder and CEO of Soul Strivers. S O L E S T R I V E R S. That's the same URL for her website. She's on Facebook and Twitter. You can look her up and follow her there. Uh, on Monday, she blogs at uh, a company 
site owned by Bob Johnson, who was a co-founder of BET, and that's Ops Place, O-P-P-S-P-L-A-C-E. You can check it out there. You can get her book, uh, 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 Make Your Dreams Happen, Five Steps to Turn Your Dreams into Reality, at our website, soulstrivers.com. We want to thank Diani for being here with us. Today and we want to thank each of you, our off-the-shelf listeners. I hope you had a fabulous Thanksgiving, and for those who celebrate the holidays, and and because we have listeners from all over the world, and that you will enjoy if you have winter holidays, that you will enjoy them. If you don't, that you will simply enjoy your day. And as I always tell you, you are so incredibly blessed, so incredibly valued. You are so important and so awesome and amazing. I hope one day that. We will all truly see and believe that because you are. And and I encourage you to go out and create a fabulous day for yourself. Please come back next Saturday, 11 o'clock Eastern Standard Time, right here off the shelf at Blog Talk Radio. Tell your family, your friends, your colleagues, everybody to tune in to Off the Shelf, 11 o'clock in the mornings, where we will bring you one phenomenal guest after the other. Deanna, you shared so much today, and I can tell the way you speak you have so much clarity when you speak. So there's been a lot of decision-making that you've done because without that, you don't have that clarity, and you definitely have that. You know, I can tell the way you talk, you you would make an excellent coach. Somebody interested in working with Diani could go to, again, her website, soulstrivers.com. Thank you, Diani. Thank you to all our guests. Diani, I'll shoot you an email. Bye for now. Thank you. Bye-bye.